You're listening to the best of the Tom Bernard Show.com, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Who, me? <laughs> so I'd like to know if I was married to a whore piece of shit. <laughs> you could just look at her license. My special stripe. That was amazing. Oh my gosh. Coming by sweet corn, potatoes, onions, pickles. It's not how you use them, sir. <laughs> it's really sickening that anybody would be into radio this much. It is ungoddamn believable. I think I'm going to hell. I just realized it. Thank you, Tom. You're just delicious. <laughs> this is why I drink. When you need someone to listen. A lawyer you know and trust. These are tough times for all of us, but I know that we'll make it through. Standing together, weathering the storm, it's what Americans do best. And it's how we've persevered over previously challenging moments in history. At Bradshaw and Bryant, we're taking all possible steps to protect our clients and our employees. While our attorneys remain committed to the needs of our clients, we will also remain available to you. If at any time you think you may need an attorney, give us a call. We'll be here to answer your questions and lead you down the right path. Together, we'll get through this. I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. I hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, don't sign anything until you've talked to us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Working harder, going farther, with Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. everybody to yet another episode of the best of the tom bernard podcast government shutdown edition stay inside shelter in place whatever you want to call it we all are missing out on our sports though right now so this episode is going to be dedicated to kind of helping you get through that loss kicking off the show we had one of my all-time favorite clips jp parisi Pete Lepresti and Reed Larson, all at the same time, hockey legends. Let's go. Next. Ladies and gentlemen, we're loaded. Well, as Pete said, it looks like a party in here. <laughs> Pete Lepresti, JP, and it's again Parisi. Parisi. Is, is Reed not coming in? Reed Larson was supposed to be here, but I haven't seen him. Hmm. Typical. Well, he might show up. <laughs> he just goes, ah, what <laughs> Oh, wait, Mike Molina was asking him. What were you asking? You were asking about the playoffs? Yeah, game two tonight playoffs. up there at the Bell Center in Montreal. Mm-hmm. Rangers took the 1-0 lead on the road. and, and well, the, the 7-2, it was a, an ass-kicking. That was... And price is out. I just think the good news yeah. here is that uh, during the, the uh, Bruins uh, series, certain. No, you know, fans talking out of their ass or anything like that. What is wrong with the fans in Boston? Man, they can go after people. It's yeah. unbelievable. Some of the things they were saying. Well, it is Boston. Yeah, they can. Uh, it can be a hard. They have an crowd. edge to them. You know, it's that JP. I uh, started my career yeah. with Boston sure. in nineteen. Sure. Uh, Sixty-four. Just yesterday. And it hasn't changed. Just yesterday. Has not changed. No, I said, were they going after you pretty hard for not being from Boston? Yeah, and and one time, you know, I I was a healthy scratch. And so the the player who didn't play had to go and sit with the guy who played the organ. (laughs) Really? So so the the gallery gods were out there and said, that's where you belong, Parisi, by the organ. My own fans. <laughs> your own fans. That's exactly right. Your own fans. It's well again, Boston is a bizarre town in that you can be from you can be Irish, but if you're not from the right neighborhood, you're the wrong kind of Irish. Yes. It's like what? <laughs> a townie or a Southie or but no no no. If you're not a if you're not a Southie, you're not the right kind of Irish. I'm like, only in Boston. Only in Boston. Nineteen sixty four, you said? Yep. Fifty years ago. That's amazing. Yes. You don't look like you're like, you know, 
I thought you were like about 45 when you I'm walked in. I'm starting to look like it. No. <laughs> <laughs> I just kicked it in the high gear. Took some awful beatings. <laughs> and me too, but not in hockey. Well, at least you got out of Beantown and made it to the North Stars. Yes. <laughs> the North Stars, 1966, right? I just got it so amazing that that's so long ago as well that that all kicked off. And I still run into Louis Nanny, uh, Nanny, excuse me, as we said, uh, once in a while. And he just. One thing that's great about Louis, and Pete, you've known Louis for a long time. Zav. One thing that's great about Louis, and we love you, Louis, but this is Lou, Lou Nanny. Ready? I'm going to talk to Pete. I'll be Lou Nanny now. So let's talk about me a little bit, what I've been up to, what I've been doing. <laughs> and then Pete will try to change something and go, yeah, that's great. But anyway, more about me. <laughs> Louis. He's unbelievable. Louis, once uh, I was with the North Stars, let me see, it would have been my, this would be like 1978. Louis was the general manager. There was all kinds of chaos going on. Cleveland had just come in. We had players up and down, and uh, I was between Minnesota and Oklahoma City. I was on a one-way contract, so I was actually making more money in Oklahoma because there's no state tax. So I wasn't, like, I wasn't really that depressed about it. So at the end of the year, I remember going in and telling Louie, I says, you know, I, I just want to know what's going on. You know, is there a place for me here? Is it you know, time to move on? He says, don't worry about it. It's going to be you and Jilly Malosh, and we got this all taken care of. Jilly Malosh. Yeah. You know Louie. I know, Louis. So, at that time, there was the expansion draft. Uh, Edmonton and some of the WHA teams were coming in, and uh, nobody's paying any attention to it. And he says, don't worry about it. It's all taken care of. So, I go home, and next thing I know, I get a call from John Gilbert, who was the beat writer for the Star sure. newspaper. And he says, how are you going to like Edmonton? I says, where's Edmonton? What? I wasn't exactly a geography major. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, I don't know. How am I, I don't know. I don't even know where it is. He said, well, you, you were picked up on the uh, expansion draft. You weren't protected. No, I had two weeks before I was with Louie. Oh, yeah. And my, my joke to Louie always, and he still hasn't gotten it. Maybe he'll get it now. I said, Louie, I'm still waiting for that phone call. This is 40 years later. I never got the call to this day. <laughs> so every time I see Louie, he says, Louie, I'm still waiting for the phone call. He just looks at you. Yeah. That's pretty much the deal. It's just the way it is. got to get one thing out of the way immediately uh, before we just mess up this whole interview, or I mess it up completely. Um, big Viking fan, uh, big Twins fan. NBA, I used to be a bigger fan. Actually, I was a Celtic fan back in the day. I've met pretty much every athlete that's ever played any sport. And don't take this the wrong way. But why are hockey players always the nicest guys it's, in the world? It's true. They, they, hockey, I met one professional hockey player was a prick. One guy. That was it. The rest of them, nicest guys in the world. Should I leave now? <laughs> <laughs> it was <deep. laughs> And, and, and if he asked you to guess who that prick was, you would know exactly who it is. You would. You'd know exactly who it is. But uh, like Kyle Oposo is a, a kid now. He plays out of Golden Valley Country. Nicest kid in the world. Yep. Yep. I heard there's a couple of nice guys over at the, on the wild. One of them, uh, I don't know what, what his name is. Makes a pretty good buck. I understand. But. And I'm not just making this up because these guys are here. I've talked about this before. Hockey players are so grateful for the fan support. Always have been. You know, even back when there wasn't much of a, a uh, television contract. It was on the what the cur- what the, what the hell channel was it on again? When WTCN. About four games a year. <laughs> but no, even the the national games were on oh, a couple of years ago. You mean? Yeah, versus network versus. It was all of a sudden. Right. Like, what the hell is versus? Like, versus. Okay. Why is it no versus? Right after the lockout, they went to versus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, I suppose it's different in Minnesota because in Minnesota, the state of hockey and all the rest of it. But but why is it? Do you think the mindset of the professional hockey player is? So much different. I mean, from basketball, football, and even baseball, it's a completely different mindset. Why do you guys think that is? I think that that uh, uh, we're, we're brought up that we're not all that great, all that wonderful. There are not mm-hmm. all that many wonderful athletes. Mm-hmm. And if you're not a wonderful athlete, you need someone. In hockey, you need. I need my left winger. I need my defenseman. I need my goalie. It's not like I'm going to do it. So right. when I need someone, then I have to be respectful towards him because I expect to do the same thing for him. 
Yeah. You know, so that has a lot to do with it. But shouldn't it be that way in all sports? Somehow, that doesn't doesn't click for some people. No, no, it doesn't. When I was a, a kid, I had the great fortune. I used to think it was a misfortune. But I grew up in Indiana, and I listened to the Fort Wayne Comets on WOWO. I had never seen a hockey game. I had never seen it in my life. But I listened every game, and it was the most exciting thing in the world to listen to to hockey and and the names like Maurice Richard and and, uh, the Esposito boys. and, and, uh, And then when I finally saw a hockey game, I couldn't believe it was the same game that I was listening to on the radio all those years. Yeah. I'd imagined in my head, yeah. but I fell in love with with hockey. But let me ask you about uh, compared to today's uh, uh, people who are playing. How would you categorize the Espositos and 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 Richard as players? They were unique. Could they play today? Uh, certainly not at the level that he played then. Yes. Well, they're eighty years old. <laughs> Very good. I mean, they've aged. <laughs> right, you know, not going to be as good. <laughs> you don't think so? They wouldn't stand out in the crowd. Oh like no, they, yeah, not anymore. Yeah. The, the game has changed so much. I mean, the coaching is, uh, has done has been so much better. Players are better athletes. Uh, everything is better. Size. You yeah. know, when oh, I played, God. I was. I was five eight and a quarter, <laughs> and 180 pounds, you know. Yeah. And in about 1975, 74, all this started to change, and all of a sudden, the six foot four, six foot five, six foot seven guys started to come in. All of a sudden, it's a different ballgame. My strength would not work anymore. <laughs> no, I suppose not. Not most people's in any case. It was kind of fun for me. Is obviously I've known your guys' names for you know 40, 50 years now. But we've never met. I think Pete, I, I met you one other time, very briefly. But it's it's kind of cool to sit down for, for me. And I grew up in North Minneapolis. We didn't even have a high school hockey team there. Just nobody to play on the hockey team, right? But to finally meet the great athletes from uh, you know my twenties or whatever it was twenties and thirties, all the rest of it. It's always a ball for me because uh, again, you guys, you're just nice people. When I walked up. You tried to hit me with your umbrella, JP. But, you know, and <laughs> he's been known to do that. I missed. I missed. I called him for this. high sticking. Though, <laughs> I should have with the umbrella. Yeah. Oh my God! Look who showed up. <clears throat> you got lost <laughs> again. Look at the cat. Look at the cat. Typical defenseman. <laughs> Reed Larson's here now, ladies and gentlemen. Oh yeah. We just yeah. talk, we, we've been saying so much terrible stuff about you the first 20 minutes. As we were hoping you weren't going to come. <laughs> there you go. You know Same story. There most, goes the readings. The most uncomfortable moment of my life, I'm surrounded. I can't get out the door without going past like four or five, six hockey players. It's going to be tough for me. I tell you that. But it's kind of it was kind of fun for me when I, when I run into you guys because I forget. Some of you might know who I am, and I don't ever consider that. Like, you guys are legends in my mind. Back to, again, going back a few years. And then when I meet you, it's like, well, they shouldn't know who the hell I am. But then oh, yes. It's, it's weird, though. It's just kind of an, it's an odd thing because watching you guys for so many years, and it's like, eh, whatever. Guys, it looks like you've really been spending a lot of time in Minnesota there, Reed. <laughs> I was just down south a little bit. Yeah, I, gotta, <laughs> I would say so. <laughs> i got to tell you, one of my favorite... David Brooks, first of all, what a goofball! We're playing golf in uh, in uh, Florida a couple of years ago. David's in the well. First, I, I, two quick things. You guys mind about David Brooks? You guys, <laughs> we like got him. Got him. Do I have exactly. a choice? Got to throw him under the bus too. <laughs> yeah. So this is a podcast. You have to remember, so you can say whatever you want on here. So there's a, a guy that plays. I play golf with down in Florida. He was at the University of Vermont. Big guys like six two or three, probably about two forty. David Brooks is not six two or six three or two forty. Little big man. <laughs> he thinks he is. It's only when he's sitting on his wallet, though, as he says, right? He thinks he is. I'm not this tall. I'm just sitting on my wallet. So I said, David, there's a guy here that wants to play golf with us, and he wants to meet you. And he's, you know, blah blah blah. So David walks up to him. His name is Mark Brown, and he goes. Uh, David, I, I'm a big, big fan. Uh, 
played hockey at the University of Vermont. Matter of fact, my roommate at the University of Vermont. Now, these two guys have never met, right? And one guy's about a foot taller than the other guy. He says, my, matter of fact, my roommate at the University of Vermont was the last player that your brother cut from the Olympic team. And Brooksy looks at me, looks back at him and goes, fuck him if he can't take a jump. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we get out there. We're on the 12th hole. You hit over water. And then you get hit over water again. So I get out of the cart. And, and David goes, what are you hitting? I said, a five iron. Or six, six iron. He goes, no, it's a five iron. I said, no, it'll be fine. It's a six iron. He goes, I'm telling you, it's a five iron. And by coincidence, I don't know what the hell kind of bird it is or whatever, as I'm addressing the ball, a bird up the tree goes, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> and David goes, that fucking bird has seen you play. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. that's what you get from hockey players. <laughs> right there, that's what you get from hanging around with hockey players. You don't want to play him for money. No. Either, uh, David, no. No, no. no he's a, they asked him to play in a, a tournament. I can't. I, Louis or somebody asked him to play in a tournament one time. He goes, I don't want to play any goddamn tournament. I already got a fucking T-shirt and a mug. <laughs> just very, very enjoyable. Reed, we were just talking about the fact that hockey players, professional hockey players, tend to be very nice people. And JP talked about the fact that you grew up understanding that you need, you know, it's a team sport and you need help. And therefore... That's just how. But I said, you know, all team sports should be that way. But for some reason, we don't know why, it doesn't carry over to other sports. It used to in baseball, not so much anymore, but it used to. It's uh, like a cult. I think I can't call, I call it more like a cult, a cult than a sport. <laughs> well, that's, that might be true. That might be a, yeah. That, that might be a fact right there. But yeah, I, it just it was one of the reasons I loved sports growing up as a kid so much is that the whole team play and everybody helping one another and bringing out the best in each other. And I don't know. Well, now Pete has a story about someone Can't we know. might be it. at this table. Can't I'm not sure. It. It's a great story. <laughs> If you do say so yourself. I'm I'm telling you right now, this is a great story. Back to the hockey player thing. I grew up in Eveleth, Minnesota, so you never really had an opportunity to so-called get a big head because you had... Right. As John Masich came from there. Enough said. John Mariucci, if if you didn't like what you said, he might beat you up. (laughs) (laughs) And on and on and Frank Brimzik and and guys like this that played in the National Hockey League when there's only six teams and things like that. So it's a whole different world. You never had an opportunity to get too big for your britches. Well, it makes sense. It does make sense. Anyway, this is 1974. I can't remember what I had for breakfast, but I can tell you what made this happen. (laughs) We just got done playing the Montreal Canadiens. Now, this is in the Canadiens when they were... Another one of their heydays. They had LaFleur and Jacques Lemaire and Cornway. Cornway and Savard and go on and Dryden wow. and on and on and on. And I think they lost like 10 games that year, eight games, whatever it was. And we get squeaked by with a 7 to 2 loss or something. <laughs> I was stellar. Anyway. <laughs> John Gilbert, who I mentioned earlier, was the beat writer, and he and I'd known John since I played high school. He did all the high school stuff, so he's asking me at the at the end of the he comes over and he says, "By the way, you are made the NHL record books tonight." I'm just happy to be here. I don't even, you know, what the heck? How's that? How so? He says you were in goal for Montreal, ten thousandth goal in the history of their. <laughs> Being a smart guy, I. I got the perfect comeback. I says, well, shoot, I only let 7 out of 10,000. That's pretty good. <laughs> as soon as it leaves my mouth, I knew I should have kept my mouth shut. J.P. Parisi walks by. He stops. He looks. And he says, you know, Peter, for such a big boy, you sure were tough to hit tonight. <laughs> <laughs> and off he goes. <laughs> Truth hurts. <laughs> Never forgot that as long as I live. Uh, he was absolutely was... correct. <laughs> <laughs> So smack talk isn't just limited to games like basketball. There's there's smack oh. talk on the ice because we can't hear it up in the stands. No. So thing. you're talking to each other. What's the best smack talk you you remember, either uh, saying yourself or hearing from someone? I've got one real quick. All right, Jude, your partner in crime, Jude Druin. Jude, again, this is a time when nobody wore helmets. Right. Jude was a good-looking guy. He had the nice dark hair. He was ready to go. We're playing uh, Philadelphia Flyers, and for some reason we're beating them, and they're no mood for humor. (laughs) 
And Moose Dupont is playing for the Flyers. He's a defenseman. He's chasing Jude all over the ice all night. Can't catch him. He's ready to kill him. There's a face-off. There's a little scrum going, and Moose wants to get a hold of him and wring his neck, and the gloves come off, and <laughs> Jude took his stick and stuck it right between his eyes. He says, <laughs> now, this is back when the wooden sticks. He says, right. to get to me, you're going to have to be part fucking beaver. <laughs> 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 he was not kidding. <laughs> Moose Dupont's eyes got like two saucers. That was the end of that. And this is my first year. This is like my first six months. I said, I this is that. the National Hockey League. Are you kidding me? Oh, That's God. the best one I ever heard. Dennis Polanich, I play the guy, he's 5'7". He said he was 5'8". Yeah. like 5'6". Right. We call him the bionic He hit punk. me the hardest that anybody's ever hit me. Really? In Detroit, he almost killed me. He could fight Schultz. He would fight Schultz. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> he would fight anybody, but but the fans would get him going, and they'd heckle him. And in every city we went to in warm-ups, some different fan was leaning over the glass as he's skating around for warm-ups. And, and uh, he goes, hey, hey Polanich, you know, you got him on a six-pack of bananas? You know, he's like a little guy, like a monkey or whatever. So he skate over the guy. He says, uh, you got any new pictures of your wife? And the guy says, no. He says, and Polo says, how many do you want? <laughs> Now I know why hockey players are so nice off the ice. That makes complete sense. Complete sense. I, 1975, I'm at KSTP, and we get a new sports guy. He, I don't remember where he's from. From it was not from Minnesota. He was not from the North. I don't know. He's from Atlanta. Or, I don't know where the hell he's from. His first sports report, he, he reports that uh, the North Stars lost because uh, a goal, the winning goal was scored by Eves Kanoyer. Eves Kanoyer. Yeah. I said, you know, if you're going to be in Minnesota, you're going to want to learn. Eves Kanoyer. I will never forget that. Louis tells me a story about Cesar Maniago, and I don't know if it's true or not, about the the garden tiller. Do you know you know this story? I don't. I haven't heard that one. No. I think I know. Caesar calls Louis. According to Louis, now. Yeah. According to Louis. Let's put the asterisk. <laughs> yeah. Louis. He gets a call from Caesar Maniago. He goes. God damn it, I'm trying to till my garden. We got this new garden tiller that was delivered today, and the son of a bitch is hard as hell. My hands are bleeding. It's terrible. He's come over here. You might know more about this than me. So he goes over. Yeah, like Louis would. Yeah, right. right. So Louis goes over to Cesar Maniago's house. And he goes, well, what's the problem? He goes, the goddamn thing. I mean, you gotta, you got to push and push and push. And yeah, the till is great, but it's harder than a son of a bitch. <laughs> Louis goes, well, let me see what I can do. Starts it up, and Caesar goes, what's that noise? I'm buying that one. Well, that's Jill Gilbert that played for the North Stars. You guys, Gil, Gillies Gilbert, they used to call him. Yeah. <laughs> Gillies Gilbert, yeah. yeah. He Gillies came to Gilbert. Detroit. And he says, hey, really, this is training camp. He's all summer at home. I built this new beautiful deck. He says, I, he says it was hard to find those two by two by twices. He said, well, <laughs> two by twice. Well, two by twice. Close enough. Two by twice will work for me. And we're just talking. One, you know, we're going to talk about many, many different things, but hockey stories. Once you get the hockey stories rolling, you just have to stay with them. Andy was talking about the fact that I'm surprised nobody called in, but. When you hear the great stories like that, you just you don't want to call in. You want to sit and listen to the legends of the game telling stories about. Now, traveling around, back in, uh, you were talking about 1964, 1965. You were talking about the mid-70s. Traveling around was, oh, now he's opening the soda. <laughs> God, I, tell, I just, I must it's not a, easy. I must be a good hockey host. <laughs> yes. Thank you, sir. It was very nice of you. But I, that's that's another thing. Baseball stories and hockey stories. Because you don't really, you know, the, there are no NBA stories. There are a few, right? But not like this. No. NFL, not so much either. They're baseball, great baseball stories. Like you get Herbeck and Laudner going, oh, my God. That's, <laughs> that's unbelievable. But, but hockey has its own special thing. Just sitting around telling the stories uh, about hitting the road and, God. Rookie story, the hazing and the rookies, you guys, oh. Oh, we all heard them hanging guys out windows by their ankles and oh, yeah. dry shaving them and throwing rubbing alcohol on them. I, I was there. I, oh, it happened oh, to me, so I can tell you. 
<laughs> Tommy Reed once says the passel, of course. More penalty minutes than anybody in the history of the St. Cloud Huskies hockey team. He's telling me one, one time, he's standing, uh, standing there at a, at a game, and Tom Reed's on the ice, and he goes, oh, start playing the national anthem. And Reed says, I hate this song. He goes, what do you mean you hate this song? He goes, every time I hear it, I have a bad game. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's hot. <laughs> you know, times have changed. Um, I was playing with the North Stars, and, and we had a, a guy uh, who was covering our, our games by the name of, of Dwayne Netlin. I remember. So Dwayne started to get carried away a little bit in the things that he was writing and criticizing us. So after a game in St. Louis, we went out and had a couple of pops after. And uh, so we waited until Dwayne got home to the hotel and as he was opening his door we grabbed him and we shoved him into his room and we had a big bucket of water and we stripped him and shaved him <laughs> <laughs> and he's an announcer can you, can you imagine this day and age of being thrown in jail <laughs> those were the good old days and, and we kept we, we kept the sports jacket and hat on <laughs> no shaving cream. Just water and a big razor. I had a guy tell me once. God, I, I wish I could remember. I don't remember who it was, but it was many, many years ago. Uh, in the early 90s, I guess it was. Probably something like that. Uh, he came over to me and goes, Hey, Bernard. I said, Yeah. He goes, I'm really glad you don't know shit about hockey. Because I've heard you talking about the Twins and the Vikings. I don't want you talking about them. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, that's really a great sentiment. Thank you so much for that. But, yeah, it was a, it was a whole different – yeah, you're right. You'd be thrown in jail for that. Oh, now. my gosh. Oh, you <laughs> bullies, you terrible, horrible bullies. Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah. We uh, First-round pick for us disappeared. He came to training camp, and <laughs> Freddie Williams was his name, and I was the second pick that year. He was mm-hmm. the first pick, and – Old Detroit Olympia, and uh, you got guys like Dennis Hextall, Dan Maloney, yeah. uh, you know, four or five of this guy named Kelly. There's probably six guys that are real tough guys, and they had finished last in the league. So, you know, obviously a new first-round pick, first overall, is going to be the Wayne Gretzky, Lemieux, you know, the, the savior. Yeah. And uh, came to camp, and he was about 40 pounds overweight. Uh-oh. And uh, saying how he missed home, and he missed his dog, and... You know, I was pulling up injuries all the time. You got all these other guys just sitting there, just <laughs> gritting their teeth, going, I want to get a hold of this guy. So when you have a warm uh, morning warm up, you know, they start whistling that old shaving song, dee 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 dee. So you know, you know, somebody's going to get it. And you don't want it to happen on the road when everybody's been drinking because there's a lot more blood that, <laughs> that's just spilled. It gets messy. It gets messy. Yeah, so you, you want to be at home. You know, but the old Detroit Olympia had lots of hidden caverns and had a catwalk at the ceiling. And uh, Freddie had the sense that the players were pretty unhappy with him and didn't, didn't like him very much anyways. And uh, so he got wind of this, and he took off early, and the guys all chased, took off off the ice, and everybody had their skates on. And the guys that work to this day, Al Sabaka, who does the arena you know, for the Red Wings, the Zamboni and stuff, God. everybody was watching. He was. It took him an hour. But were they honest to God? Where they finally caught him? They came from both ends. We were all looking up at the ceiling. Everybody was working the catwalk. And he was running with the skates on, and they caught him from each end up at the very top of the arena. Brought him down in the dressing room, and what they did to him, you guys, dry shaving, you know, uh, you, you name it, shave. They gave him the mohawk hair, glue and shut oh, the yeah. eyebrows. Yep. That atomic, that uh, atomic bomb, atomic bomb oh, all over the, oh, the no, private no, no. area. And oh, if you were if you were disrespectful towards your teammate, uh, you paid. You paid the price. Well, good. That's the way it should. He went home and didn't come back. You guys, he <laughs> that, was that was it. That was it. Well, he, never came, well, he really? came back about a month later, and they went to the miners, and but uh, they really crucified him. That was it. Well, then, is there was there any room for cockiness? Uh, because first of all, Tom's right. Every every hockey player we've met, um, except for one. Except for one, <laughs> has been a decent person, and that and that you uh, learn to play as a team. But there was smack talk on the opposition talking back to each other. But uh, do do you remember 
assholes without using any names on your team that you had to put up with oh, that sure. you had to play no. with not for long thus <laughs> 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 spoke jp man a few words but let me let people listen yeah people listen <laughs> Best of the Tom Bernard Podcast. That was J.P. Parisi, Reed Larson, and Pete Lepresti on yet another edition of Hockey Night in Canada. Just kidding, everybody. The show's not over. Coming up next, though, closing out the show, we're dipping back into the vault. It also should be baseball season right now, but it's not. So we have Ken Herbeck, Tim Laudner in studio. Diamond Dallas Page calls in. Why not? Why wouldn't he call in? Next on The Best Of. He's here. People we invited. <laughs> well, you're both here. There's some ducks out there. What's going on, young man? What was that handshake? Good to see you. How are you, sir? Oh, I heard some back slapping. Oh, yeah. That was me to Bella. Bravo, dog. If you did that to Bella, you would hear... Yeah. Can't show up in camouflage. This is not good news. trying to blend in. You got enough cord now? There. There. You know know what's amazing to me? The guy's on TV for like two years. Now he's a goddamn big shot. Pull my cord for me. No. There's a big... That means something else. I'm surprised he doesn't have his own earplugs and everything because he's got his own ear, you know, IFB plugs and everything. Oh, that's right. I don't even know what they call it. So I'm on the telephone last week with Ken Herbeck, and we're talking about you. Give me some cord. (laughs) Give me some cord. And he says, I was talking to Tim Wadner. Oh, you know what? We should get Timmy, too. Timmy would be great. And then the next thing that came out was, that was 25 years ago. What? What? What in the world, sir? Oh, that. Jesus. Oh, that. Oh, coming from a woman. Back. Coming from a woman. Yeah, Thank from you guys woman. for coming by today. Yeah. <laughs> Don't you even we'll see 25 more years. Yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of it. <laughs> she just recognizes Kent from the lottery commercials. <laughs> oh, yeah. now, the big like beat. I got the great show. beat, don't I? Yeah, that was, that was beautiful. Anyway, it looked great. The, the big Herbowski, and you got the lottery, Tim, of course. TV star now. I wouldn't go that far. <laughs> I might be a bit of a stretch. A stretch, but uh, fun for you, I bet. We have we have a blast. Wait, no pictures, please. <laughs> we have a blast. <laughs> it's like anything else, Tommy. You know what? If you, you have good people, and, and you know what, there's some really good people right now at Fox Sports North, and so it makes it a real pleasure to go to work. Well, that's good. Go to work at a really nice place. Target Field's not not oh, bad. No, good. And, no, it's uh, Listen to this. I think they'll try to be for another year. On this <laughs> <That's> <laughs> your contract up. I'm a, I'd lobby for another another show. One show. One show. I'm a one show at a time guy. That's if it. They put me in the lineup for one show. I'm happy. You so go. Kent, you're still holding court out there in the deck in left field. Um, once in a while. Once in a while. Yeah. Well, you go so to your restaurant Herbex. there. Yeah. Everybody tells me they see you at Herbeck's all the time. They, they love yeah, I that. spend a little too much time in there, I think, sometimes. Well, I don't know Slumped about over. that. <laughs> Slumped uh, over. Slumped over. <laughs> okay, that's two <laughs> shots. What did I do? That's, that's two her. shots. <laughs> Honest to God. Slumped uh, over. My, my be best, podcast. I've got a great memory of Kent I have to share with you. Oh, Uh-oh. my goodness. Yeah. So when you insulted him at the twin at the Twins Club? No, I did not. You did too. That's another memory. No, we went. We we're glow ball golfing. Oh God, yes. Ooh, Remember that yes. at Fair Path? Yeah. Yeah, and on the very first. Just you two? No. Yes, it's just Kent and Catherine. Jeannie and I stayed in the clubhouse. You might, want to, you might want to explain glow ball golf. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Think whatever you want, but you took you took a shot and you had a big divot, and you look down and you go, "That reminds me of an Italian girl I oh, used yeah. to date." Oh, <laughs> and I, I'm like, "Oh, okay, that's that's this kind of guy." That's <laughs> this guy. Well, the bizarre thing is, we got there a little bit. After, Johnny Castino was there as well. 
if I yeah. remember. Was he, right. was he there at that deal? Yeah, Johnny, yeah. Johnny C was at the deal. Did he I, like the Italian girl comment? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did he? But the great thing, Tim, is, is we're walking out later, and we're looking out at the first tee, and all I see is this glowing ring that's like six foot six feet inches off the ground and it's just kind of bouncing around this glowing ring he's wearing one as a halo kent was he's wearing a, in the woods looking for you wore one in your head <laughs> he didn't want to get run over it was phenomenal there's not too many things that uh that he does that surprises me but. no it's all true well, thank you it uh amuses me and doesn't yes. surprise me Honestly, now I do have to ask you, Tim, mm-hmm. with all these duties you have now in the summertime, what about the golf game? You, uh, as we, sp- I just got off the plane yesterday from Phoenix. Kent and I went down last. Oh, oh that's right, you played last Friday, Harman. and we played in uh, in Harmon Killebrew's event down in uh, Fountain Hills, uh, Arizona. We had a great time. We had a nice turnout. Uh, I stayed great. an extra day with uh, one of our buddies and went up to see uh, Dave Kelly. Dave Kelly, DK. And saw DK on Monday. We had a nice time and uh, got on the plane yesterday and flew back. So the golf so game is... Nice. He gets to play Whisper Rock. Well, I know he goes out there with Dave yeah. Kelly, I'm sure. As a ball. <laughs> yeah, we had a good time. We had a really then good we saw the, uh, had nice weather. Then we stopped in on Saturday. I don't know if you saw it in the paper. Oh, my. We stopped and saw Danny Gladden and Gary Gaetti there. Gary's son Joe married Danny Gladden's daughter. Oh, really? Wow! God, I haven't seen Joe since he was about two. <laughs> He's yeah. not two anymore. He got. How old is Joe? Was he thrashed the reception? Joe's uh, got to be twenty-eight, twenty-nine. Honest wow. to God! Wow! Yeah, yeah so he was about three or four last time I saw him. Right. 25 years ago. Oh, he might be God. older than that, even. I think he's 30. What happened 25 right. years ago again, Kevin? <laughs> <laughs> he might even be older than that. He's probably really? Still, yeah. But Randy Bush was there, Jack Morris. Chico, do you remember Chico, our clubhouse kid? Yes, you know, absolutely. Again, Chico. Chico McGinn. Absolutely. We had, a, we, had a, we had a fun time. Fun uh, fun night crashing i was i was dressed with a with a golf shirt and a pair of khaki pants on and everybody in there's got tuxes and everything on i walked up to danny i said can i, can I park your car please <laughs> yeah but that's ken herbeck that's just oh, the way that's yeah. the way it is you don't like a tough op no we had a good time it was and bushy was there randy bush and his wife one of two twins that despised me thanks for bringing him up bushy despised you oh he hated me you can go after him he's the assistant gm of the cubs so you can go after him anytime you want so i I can go after the other one too because he's coming working for the twins this year who's that bernanski you got you can go after him too bernanski never liked all kinds of as as a matter of fact (laughs) i will tell you honest to god one time uh we're gonna do those one uh, kq plays hooky at the twins game whatever and I said on the air, well, I don't know if I'm going to go or not because the B squad's playing. Right? Oh. Just a kind of a toss of whatever. So I walk under the field, and uh, Al Newman comes up and confirms, What the hell do you mean by that? The B squad's playing. I said, Well, you're playing. First of all, what are you, you going to intimidate me? You're about four foot two. Settled Did you make up. a joke? Anyway? But he, he got all upset, so I said, The B squad was playing that day. You little bitch ass motherfucker. <laughs> Wow. That's Tony Lee, by the way. He's over at Channel 5 right now. Hey, lads. I wouldn't have your ministers listening to this. <laughs> Apparently, it's going to be another one. Kirk Allen said that before. Yeah, that's true. It's all it's all very, very true. So B-Squad, that was good B-Squad. Could have been the C-Squad, because we were on some pretty bad ones out there. When we were mystery lineups. Remember? Mystery yeah. lineups. Yeah. The mystery lineups. TK, invariably, yeah. a day game after a night game, would say, you're out, you're out, you're out, you're out, and the rest of you guys are in, and... And uh, Bushy, I think. Put your name in the hat. Here it comes. Yeah, put your name in. Let's draw this one out of the really? hat. And Bushy come in, and and he'd be batting third or something. And he'd say, "Are we trying to win these games?" And, and uh, we got a really to get along real well. Guy Eddie, was that you and Gary did a lot of oh, stuff? Absolutely, yes. Gary, yeah. great guy. Yep, he's got the old flagship with him once in a while. Geez, the old flagship. That was twenty five years ago. <laughs> what else? <laughs> Haven't we covered that? <laughs> I remember. One time on the old, well, it's still on the air, Mark Rosen Sports Sunday. The guests that night were, were Gary Gaetti and me. And you guys had just won the World Series. And, you, and showed, Gary showed up to play in this touch football game we had. You were there, weren't you? Yeah. 
Yeah, I thought so. It was you and you and G Man. Yeah, these guys had just won the World Series. They come and play this touch football game at the Metrodome, wearing their little Zubas and all the rest of it. Zubas, oh god! But, oh, come on, Nord the Barbarian, Nord the Barbarian, body slammed uh, Gelfand. I don't know Gelfand onto a car about a month after back surgery. I remember that. <laughs> Body slammed him on the hood of a Chevy about a month after back surgery. Oh, Nord the Barbarian, he was a piece of work. But I'm sitting on Rosen Sports Sunday, and, and uh, Gary was being really nice to me. And I shouldn't have done it, but I figured it was just such a big buildup. He goes, hey, look, come on now. let's. we got to get, you know how he used to do that? Put his hand right in front of him. You know, I gotta go. I know this is an audio show, but just hold your hand in front of your face and kind of like you're, I don't know what you're like the Godfather throwing a pitch or something. I don't know. Yeah, like you're staring into your palm. (laughs) You're staring into your palm. He's doing it all the time. So he's on there and he's going, Come on now, we have to give we have to give Tom credit because no, nobody's brought this up yet. But I mean, he called it way back in April of this year. I mean, he was all over it. He knew the Twins were going to win the World Series. I don't know how he knew it, but he, he was with us all year. And wow, he just what well, a big big build up for me, right? And just you know, being the dick I am, <laughs> so he goes, so Tom, how'd you know you were going to win the World Series? And I said. I always think the Twins are going to win the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> he was like, except for this year, maybe. Oh, no, it's, it's really what he does for a living now, supporting this team. You can't deny that. No, I'm, just, I'm an analyst. I'm not a prognosticator. I'm an analyst. I just anyway analyze what I see, and I don't really see much. Well, what do you think? <laughs> what did you think in 1990? How when people talked oh, about yeah. our team? Yeah, we stunk. Right. Yeah, last. Ninety, yeah, last to last to first, right? Yeah, that was unbelievable. And that was what was the guy's name again? The pitcher who didn't want to be here. Remember that trade? They made a they made a trade that year. Well, it wasn't Frankie. God, Frankie no, it wasn't Frankie. Frankie, Frankie left in eighty eight. Yeah. yeah, he left. Went from MVP Somebody, to Sayonara. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> we all do it sometimes, Tom. We all do. And how many years you got till that, Tom? I got it. Well, well, looking around, that. probably about another twenty. We're not measuring in years, but yeah, that's exactly right. Come to think of it, another guy that never liked me was Frank Viola. He didn't care for me. So what? Yeah, I don't. Do <laughs> See, Tim's not even denying it anymore. That's the great part. But that's my life in in doing sports. You know, I get guys go, oh, yeah, that's, I understand that. Of course, uh, Mr. Herbeck. Uh, no, yeah, you got. You pay your money. You can rag on us all you want. You guys, as long as we ain't giving you free. If you get free tickets, if you ask for tickets, <laughs> you know, on us, it's a different story. That's but if you want to pay deal. your five bucks, you can yell at me as much yeah, as you, you want. Got the right but, but, but there, you know, I think that there are plenty of people that know Tom that you are a huge, huge sports fan. Huge. You know what you're talking about, especially the Twins. And, I love the Twins. And your your uh, you know, brutally honest, it, which I appreciate more than anybody, uh, about your assessment about what the heck goes on in, in, in this town from a sports standpoint. And it's refreshing. Well, it's uh, nice to hear. Thank you. Now, should I do the same thing to him I did to G-Man? Go ahead. I, I got it coming. That's fine. <laughs> yeah, you know, people still ask me about if we're ever going to race. I said, you know, that was 25 years ago. Did you ever hear that story? You know, I'm just, race? I, 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 we'll race, and I'm going to make sure that I have the faster wheelchair. Okay? <laughs> that's, that'll be about when that race happens. I wanted to set up a race with, with that, and I didn't even know Tim at the time. So I said, I want to, I want to race Tim Laudner. Foot I want, race. And I want, yeah, foot race. Yeah. Wow. And I want to do it at the airport. He has to run on the concrete, and I get to run on the moving sidewalk. <laughs> I figure that way I can beat him. I mean, if the ground's already moving my way anyway. Yes, that would help. I might be able to nip him at the wire. <laughs> but that, yeah, that was that long ago. But uh, it's kind of tough because now you're talking about we're going on 22 years of uh, I mean, they've been going to the playoffs, but kind of not much further than that first round. And yeah. I, I don't, I, you know, you, I always tell everybody you can't go to Walmart and buy a third baseman. You can't go to Walmart and buy a pitcher. Yeah, um, everybody's always looking for somebody to, to get, and it's not that simple to go out and just. No. And if you do spend fifteen millions on, million dollars on a guy. It's not a for sure thing. He's not going to no. give you twenty wins, or he's not going to hit you thirty-five home runs. It's not that simple, right? But don't you think they should try it? 
<laughs> give, give it a whirl. whirl. Yeah, Sorry. Yeah. Give it a whirl. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you get a couple extra, you know, $50 million in your pocket. Let's just, you know. Well, they did really well with that, with that new ballpark the first few years. Oh I mean, they God. made yeah, tons they awesome. of money off that. So I think the average fan was expecting them to actually spend some dough on players. Yeah. Right. And, I, and I think they, I think I they will when they find out that they're – they had a big problem with some pitchers getting hurt in the minor leagues. So yeah. The guys yeah. they signed. This Maurer thing, how was he going to do? He was hurting, and, and Morneau thing was, right. was hurting him. I mean, Gardy's gone to the well a lot and brought some guys up mm-hmm. from the minor leagues. Right. And it's it's he's done with smoke and mirrors, really. Well, you the guys. Five and six years that he, yeah. The last five or six years he's won, I think. Who, who do you guys give credit to? Because the minor leagues back in, you came up in, what, 84? I came up in '81. You came up in '81. Yeah, I didn't know you had been up that long. Well, just both Timmy and I did. We were three. You days both came up three days. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, all of a sudden there was this influx of you guys, and you were like single A, weren't you? I was. Timmy was playing double A. You were playing double A. Yeah. Yeah. But I remember looking back and then going, they're bringing up all these single A and double A players. This team's going to really suck. And we did. We did. <laughs> but you had a lot of power, so it was still fun to watch. Yeah, we had no pitching. We'd lose fifteen to twelve. Yeah. You know, <laughs> that's pretty much the truth. But it was fun because who? So who, who do you guys? I don't give know if it was fun. Well, I mean, for me, I'm well, just, the three thousand people that they were watching us probably thought it might have been fun. Yeah, every time, a, every time a foul ball went into the stands in the early days of the Metrodome, I'd say, "Don't run, don't run. Everybody will get one." <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't very much fun. Right. Getting your teeth kicked in every day. But it was so much fun as a fan. Going, I can't. I, I still can't believe it was '81, but. Um, we took our we took our lumps, yeah, big time. Uh, so I watched that. I, I, I've been a season ticket holder forever, and as a matter of fact, you walk by every every game I go to, and I, I just I don't want to yell, "Hey, Timmy!" <laughs> I don't look like a nerd, but I see you You're every serious? day. Yeah, you walking into the. We're, we're going to talk. Usually, walk, <laughs> usually walk past home play. I sit in the seventh row, right behind home play, and you walk past, and you go into the Twins dugout. But I don't want. I'm not. Oh, Ken, tell Timmy. I'm not doing that. You know, and it's. Uh, I just can't yell out, "Oh, Timmy!" When we're going to talk. <laughs> you got to say hi to Timmy. We don't mind talking to people. We wouldn't be there if we didn't. Mind well, I understand, but I don't want to. You know, distract him from his duties. Just wave your little hanky. Yeah, <laughs> your Homer hanky. Plus, I'm still pissed off at him. We played golf with him about twenty years ago in Golden Valley, and you quit. I last played, time I played golf, I know. I played golf. Does Jack put his ball in his pocket? You don't play golf anymore. <laughs> yeah, he does. He played. He was you, playing he golf does again. Path and he quit. Wait a minute. You play golf again? Oh, I've played golf, but I just don't. I'm, I'm, I'd rather be fishing. Right. Well, that's the last time I talked to you. You said you want to go fishing and hunting. He's playing a lot more. So where are you? Yeah, we're back. Outdoor. <laughs> oh, that's the old show that we have. Ken Burbeck, outdoor. There you go. That's well, because, right. Because of today, Kent no longer owes me 150 bottles of beer. Because I did voiceover. How many years do you have your show? Five, I think it was. Five or six. Yeah. So, so he'd call me and go, would you do a couple of liners for me? I said, yeah, okay. This week on Kent Herbeck, outdoor. There he is. There he is. <laughs> so I, he said, I'll buy you a beer. I said, yeah, that's fine. That sounds good. So over a five-year period. <laughs> it's worked up to we, Worked up about 150 beers, but yeah. now you guys coming in today, now we're even again. So it all worked out. You hear that beeping? The keg's truck is back in right now as we speak. <laughs> well, you know, that's how. But anyway, so I'm playing with. Thank uh, you, by Kent. the way. For doing that. Oh God, that was a play. That was yeah. fun for me. That was fun that for me. That took a while for enough for a thank you. Oh, <laughs> oh man, she's on you. Wow, this is unbelievable. The bohemian Mother. blood. Oh, that's right. You're both bohemian. I forgot it's about that. Right. Sassy. Yaksimash. We uh, so Tim, Tim and I are standing on the ninth tee at Golden Valley. It's like three sixty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, dog leg left. Dog leg left. Little bunker out there. So I take out my driver. And he knows, I mean, the guy knows every hole and it's unbelievable. So I take out my driver and I hit it and it goes, you know, somewhere. <laughs> somewhere. He pulls out a one iron, hits it about 20 yards from the green. Remember that shot? No. Oh, my. Well, that's true. You hit him all the time. So yeah. it matter. Well, I don't know about one that. Iron. I'm not kidding you. You hit a one iron and you said you had never hit it before. You pulled that one iron out and. I could not believe it. I mean, it was low and just boring. And I don't mean boring as in boring. I mean in a good way. 
Like a I don't, I don't remember his, that. But fun uh, to play with because he just. Oh, he's a ball to play with. Oh, he's a ball to play with. But, but I mean, not I watching. go up and hit my golf ball twice, and then he finally hits his. <laughs> exactly right. I've had uh, I've had a lot of fun since my retirement playing golf, and yep. and I remember not long after I retired, I was I was playing at a local club, and the my, the guys that I met there who are still very very good friends of mine. Um, used to send a limo to make sure I got to the golf course because they were taking every nickel I had. <laughs> they were beating up on me left and right. And it was either go broke or get better. And so I tried to get better. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. And I've met just a ton of, of wonder, wonderful people in the golf yeah. community in this state and, and even a little bit outside this state. So the, there are uh, you know a pile of people. People that come up to me say, "Why don't you? Why don't you try the senior tour?" Yeah, I yeah, can't right. beat the guys in the state of Minnesota. <laughs> Why would I want to try to go and play on on the senior tour when those guys are really, really good? There's and there's some guys in their late forties right now that are going to turn fifty that are on the senior tour. That's yeah. stupid, stupid yeah. to think that you can go and compete against those guys that have made their career at that craft and they're still very very good at it so. oh they are tim timmy aaron was just on the podcast yesterday we talked to that knucklehead i yeah. love him he's a great guy i love him he won't say no, a bad a thing guy. about anybody i tried to get, get him some off stories. the air yeah. i tried to get some stories i'm like come on dish some dirt about yeah, the golfers wouldn't do it no dirt no dirt he uh we played with him here this fall right before yeah. matter of fact he had four events left yeah to make his card and he was Struggling to make it. Was it. the last day? Wasn't it? The last day he won. Then he went on, like on. It was on the back nine, actually, wasn't it? Yeah. Actually, had a he couple doubled. Then he now. doubled like sixteen. Hey, yeah, yeah. we're watching. Herbie and I are watching. We're texting back and <laughs> yeah. forth because oh, we're man. pulling for him so hard, and yeah. you could see his projected number. Yeah. Right. And I, he makes. I think he makes birdie on he sixteen. Knocked, he knocked one in the water. On and then he goes to the seventh, and, he, and he's projected at one hundred and five. What a jump from one thirty six to one hundred and five is huge. Huge. Yeah. And so he goes to seventeen. And he absolutely drills it right into the water, and I go, "What the hell is going on?" <laughs> yeah. One twenty-five. You can hear him in the background. Yeah. Absolutely, right. <laughs> you can hear him in the background. Here, and he's screaming at himself. He leaves his bogey putt one turn from going in the cup. Yeah, and he makes a double, from and he goes back to one twenty-four. Yeah. Projected one twenty-four. Well, he creased one right down eighteen. And he hits his second shot to the green. I hear the announcer go, that's got to get down. I'm like, oh, my God, you're in the green. But he hit it pin high, right of the pin, and his putt stayed on the left edge. It was hanging over the edge. Oh, God. He taps in for par. He's still projected at 124. And finally, the announcer says, I don't think there's anybody in the course that can go past him. Really? And then he made the putt. <laughs> the one that was hanging over the edge. He didn't whiff it, so that's good. I can make yeah. it. And uh, so Herbie and I, we texted him, and uh, he texted me back, and he called me in the middle of the week. Funniest story ever. He tells me that. This will be the judge of that. Yeah. <laughs> he tells me he played in the Pro-Am at Disney that week. Oh, right. Yeah, in he brought the same that up yesterday. group with Joe Maurer. Did he bring that up? He Joe Mauer was, was George McNeil's partner. And Timmy had somebody else. And Timmy says, uh, I said, really, how'd that go for you? He goes, yeah, well, it was fine. And Joe's a nice guy. I said, you know, he is a nice guy. Joe's a nice kid. That's what I understand. And so Timmy says, I could have fixed him, but I didn't. And I said, fixed him? Well, what the hell are you talking about? He says, well, he hits this push cut all the time. And I said, Really? No kidding, Timmy. What do you think he does 500 times when he goes to the plate at uh, at, uh, at Target Field? Yeah. He hits a push cut every time he goes yeah, up to the plate. Yeah. Hey, somebody get their phone. I huh? bet that. I, like, I, bet I don't know how to just pick it Dallas up. Page. Just pick it up and just hang it up. Pick it up and say hello. Don't don't say me. hi. It ain't hey, me. Hi. You could have said hello. He's on. Hi. Hello. Who is this? Hello. Is this Diamond <laughs> Dallas Page? Oh, my God. What are you doing? You're only 50 minutes late, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's one o'clock. They told me one o'clock. You guys fans of Diamond Dallas Page? I paid? have pieces of paper that say It's five 11. minutes to 12. He said one o'clock. He's an hour early. He must be Eastern time. He's in Florida. Right, he's in Flo- yeah. Oh, you're in Florida, yeah. yeah. Which is Eastern time. Yeah. yeah. I thought it was Southern time, Sean. Oh. Well, no. <laughs> Southern time. <laughs> Is it there a half hour time Can't change between Cincinnati and St. Louis? Yeah, yeah I think that's so right. Close? Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Half an hour time change. Diamond Dallas Page, ladies and gentlemen. Well, 
Cat, huge wrestling. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We're talking to Cat Herbeck and Tim Laudner from the 1987 World Championship Minnesota Twins World Series winners. They're with us in studio, Dallas. So you, you've been good? I moved to Atlanta. That's why my time stuff kind of switched around on me. They love me in Atlanta, by the way. Oh, yeah, because of Ron Gant. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> they love Kent there. Oh. <laughs> so, you're a baseball fan, I would assume. A big, not, not, a, not a big baseball fan. Is it true that you were the Pennsylvania High School Basketball Player of the Year? <laughs> Considering I grew up in New Jersey? <laughs> <laughs> oh, then Bob Sansevier gave me the wrong information. So it was New Jersey. He's all state in two states. Yeah. yeah. So you were, all, you, were, you were Player of the Year in New Jersey? No, that's what I do. <laughs> oh, Bob Sansevier, who's a local sports writer here, who's from Tom's River, New Jersey, told me you were he played in Pennsylvania, and he told me you were the high school player of the year. It must be so, another Diamond Dallas page. Yeah, yeah another d- different DDP. How's it? How's DDP going? By the way, it's pretty crazy. One day, about five weeks ago, kind of same situation, sitting around doing podcast, phone rings. It's Diamond Dallas page. So, ah, oh, DDP. Uh, you know, used to watch him uh, as a professional wrestler for many, many years. All the rest of it. So, what's going on? And, and then Catherine said, "By the way, the reason that Diamond Dallas Page is on is because you're now on the program." I said, "Oh, I am. I didn't realize I was." <laughs> surprise, surprise. It was a, it was a, a kind of surprise to me. So that that day, um, we did the. I had my my uh, body mass index tested. And my body mass in, index came in at 225. Got on the scale, weighed 316.6. So I had a little fat to lose. <laughs> but I'm down You're to... telling my story. <laughs> <laughs> but this morning I was down to 303. So, you know, 13 and a half, a little over 13 and a half pounds in five weeks. Things pretty good, you know. Works for me. Yeah, it is, absolutely. It's already going in that direction. Yeah. Thing is, you, got, you got major athletes there, you know, guys who played at a whole different level. You get to the show, you are as, as high as you can get as an athlete, but you also beat the hell out of your body all through high school, all through college, all through your professional career, and because you're a superior athlete, you party a little bit, too, you know? And, no. No. You know, no. no. Especially <laughs> not you. <laughs> you, know, so you. You add all that abuse that you put on your body and the mental because anybody who's gotten to the show on any level whether it's football baseball basketball wrestling you have a different element of pain threshold than the normal person you can push your body to lengths that people can't even they can't even comprehend it. Ba- baseball and, uh, football wrestling i like that ddp that was nice <laughs> never heard those all, all those put together like that no no i got a question I don't want. I don't want to work out anymore. I don't want to do it. I want. I'd, I'd like to stay in shape. I'd like to feel better. So, where can you go to find some motivation to try and do things? I'm on not, Jimmy's program. Not oh. like the way you used to. I don't. I don't want to do stuff. I don't want to get out. Of, I don't mind. I don't mind doing stuff. That's why I retired. I don't mind doing stuff recreationally. If I'm gonna, maybe if I go on a nice bike ride or or even walk some. But I don't want to go to the gym and work out. I don't want to get on an exercise bike, and I don't want to do all this stuff that I used to have to do to stay in shape for the for that particular job. And so I have to try and and, and figure out and look elsewhere for motivation to try. And where do you, where's a good place to try and find that motivation? DDP. Other, other than you know when the doctor says to you, "Hey, your cholesterol is seven hundred. Um, <laughs> we got a little problem here with your blood pressure, right. and you know what you're going to explode." Stuff. Right. Yeah. Well, DDP stuff. has a yoga program. He can tell you about. You'll never lift a weight again. Now let me let me throw something at you here. You, I'm so glad you said it exactly the way you said that because you're 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 part of the mass collection of the guys who do retire. The 99 percent of us. Yes. You busted your ass all through high school. You had fun, but you busted your ass. You busted your ass maybe through college, but you definitely busted your ass through all of the pros, crazy pro schedule that you had. And, you know, I understand travel. We, I would, when I was bouncing around in that ring, and people would say what they wanted about professional wrestling, but with professional wrestling, you can't say gravity. You know, that's you, that gets you every time. Right. We wrestled 272 days a year. That was my average for, in my 40s, from 40 to 46 
that was my average days a year bouncing the ring. Now, to answer your question, what do you, know, you get to the end of your career, you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. Let me tell you, bro, and this is straight shooting. When you get to the end of your professional career, I don't care what sport you were in, at that moment right there, that's the most important time for you to grab a hold of your fitness, whatever it is. I missed it. Zero <laughs> you know, but you can always come back, and the later you do it, the harder it's going to exactly. be. Exactly. Yep, so, you're right. Uh, exactly. I know because I live it. I've gotten in better shape since I've stopped, and now I'm 56. If you go to ddpyoga.com, the first video will come up be that disabled veteran. And just so people when they hear the word yoga, just go to any yoga site and then come to ddpyoga.com and what you'll hear immediately is some rock and roll music and then you'll hear like a jackhammer going against the wall and when the dust clears it'll say DDP and then boom the yoga will slam right next to it then bang I punch my fist through the O in yoga and then I stamp it with an ain't your mama yoga so, so violent <laughs> so wrestling so wrestling you, you know DDP I need to tell you that Ken Herbeck, uh, when he was a, playing with the Twins, won two World Series, but his dream was to become a professional wrestler named T-Rex. That's my nickname is Rex because that was going to be my wrestling name. <laughs> that was great. Tyrannosaurus Rex. T-Rex. Why, why didn't you do it? Why didn't you do it? Uh, my wife said I didn't look very good in a pair of tights. <laughs> <laughs> Smart woman. Mm -hmm. You do now. I still don't. <laughs> but no, I, I applaud you guys. I got to know the Baron real well, Mr. Von Roschke, um, Kenny J. Sergeant Slaughter. The very My buddy capable, Sergeant Slaughter. Very capable. We're having Jake the Snake on next week. Oh, yeah? George Scrap Iron Kadaski. Those guys. Oh, man, I love them dudes. Sure. <laughs> let, let, me, let me tell you a little about uh, Jake. Jake started the program four months ago. Um, I mean, Jake was as beat up as any of the guys I've seen, and some of the guys are really, really bad. And Jake was, he couldn't go from standing to the ground and back up again. We filmed the whole thing. We're filming a movie, The Resurrection of Jake the Snake. <laughs> um, and I told him I, I, I'd go down and film him down in Gainesville, Texas. And if he, and if he actually made games on his own, because I put together this DVD collection that is so easy to follow, and I make it fun. And there's zero impact on your body, but it gives you kick-ass cardio, and it does incredibly increase your flexibility and your core strength conditioning. Like I say, if you go to ddpyoga.com, go to the bottom of ddpyoga.com, and you'll see the crazy strength stuff I can do at 56 years old. I mean, I don't know this Jake the Snake. I know the Jake the Snake partier. I know Jake the Snake, the greatest wrestler, maybe top five ever. I know Jake the drug addict. I know Drake the drunk. I know all those Jakes. I know those guys. <laughs> Some guys. Wow. Parallel universe. That's in the Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week. <laughs> so he turned his life around, and uh, you'll see when you guys talk to him, man. And when you said, where do you find the motivation? You're talking to him. If you guys actually would actually put the work, one-third of the work in, you put to get to what spot on the show that you got to, if you put one-third of the work in, I will guarantee you, Kenny, on T-Rex, I will guarantee you, <laughs> <laughs> I will guarantee you, bro, that I can help you turn back the hands of time like you have never, like you would go, I cannot believe this, in less than three weeks. See? Yeah. Timmy's contemplating. Yeah. Tim's over there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm still digesting. Yeah. <laughs> Literally. I'm trying to figure out what's better than a Snickers bar and a bowl of ice cream. <laughs> we look forward to seeing So Jake the Snake is on when? Uh, next week. Next week Tuesday, sometime. Tuesday, I think. Tuesday or Wednesday. We'll track you down next week as well, DDP, if that's good with you. We'll, uh, get, we got Jake the Snake booked. So we'll talk to you again next week. Absolutely. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. Really the honor to meet you guys. Do me, uh, if, if you guys, after you talk to Jake, give the, 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 the guys my number. You know how to get a hold of me. If you ever need anything, I'll hook you up, bro. Thanks, Thanks Dallas. DDP. Diamond Dallas Page. Diamond Dallas yep. Page. I didn't know you guys were bros. <laughs> he is <laughs> he a piece of work. A bro. He calls me all the time. Hey, bro. I'm like, hmm. i got to check this out. It's amazing. It really is amazing. Yoga might be something that I can do. That I would 
How are your knees? Uh, I got a new half. He's got, he's I got, got a new, new half. Knee. I just blew mine out. Your knees are okay. Ball. Three you weeks ago, uh, yeah, But you can modify. You can modify anything. <laughs> oh, I went really. with my my sweetheart one time to hot yoga, which was a seventy five oh, minute class. No. After five minutes, I went to get the coffee. No. <laughs> yeah, you don't do hot yoga. First of all, hot yoga is really hard on you. Very, very difficult. And a 75 minute, I mean, those are hardcore yoga people. This might be the kind of deal for you. You have a little space. Can I do it in my fish house? You yep. can. If you can do it, yep, you can do it in your fish house. Well, absolutely. You a, okay. Only He, he tells you to try to stay away from like wheat and dairy See, there it is again, Timmy. The wheat, wheat and dairy, yeah. We've been chatting about that. You've been talking. Over yeah. our bread and ice cream. <laughs> yes. We had the author of Wheat Belly. Have you heard the, the about you the book about Wheat Belly? Guy? Uh, I think so. It's Dr. Yeah. William Davis. Uh, he's, a, <laughs> he's a cardiologist. He talks about this genetically uh, created uh, wheat that we have now, this Franken-wheat, he calls it. And that guys, especially big, like muscular guys, like you two, cannot digest that wheat. So it all turns to fat. You can't digest it properly. See, that's why I always, I always like to get white bread, and these guys would always sell me that. But white bread's the same thing, isn't it? <laughs> well, I know, but I agree with you. He's even saying whole wheat is bad. The whole wheat's right. terrible. Just, yeah. you got to stay away from wheat. Yeah. He says it's meat, fruits, yeah, and vegetables. I just vegetables. like to eat. Yeah, that's, yeah. It. that's sort of the caveman diet. Kind of isn't it? Yeah, lots of vegetables. You get not tons of fruit, but some fruit. Yeah, yeah. some fruit. He wants you to have uh, that's organic beer, stuff. What kind of beer can you drink? <clears throat> uh, gluten-free. But it's good. There's a lot of gluten. Got a, yeah. Do you, fact, you want to get one? You want a beer? Gluten-free one. Mm-hmm. Oh, you want you to try it? What kind do you have? Do you want a beer? Bourbon's good, <laughs> right? <laughs> you can have bourbon. There's no wheat in bourbon. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Oof. But gluten-free beer is Dodge the bullet there. No, no but because for a thousand years, not a thousand years, I mean, when I was a kid, mom would, we'd always have toast for breakfast right. or whatever, right. or, or make a sandwich, and we never once, when I was a kid, not one time can I remember my mom ever buying wheat bread. No. Right. It was right. always Wonder Bread. It was always Wonder Bread. Oh, Wonder Bread. Yeah, a couple of Twinkies on the side. That will do it for this Shelter in Place Sports Abyss edition of the Best of the Tom Bernard podcast, brought to you by Bradshaw and Bryant. Great clips this week from hockey legends, Reed Larson, Pete Lapresti, and J.P. Parisi, and baseball legends, Kent Herbeck and Tim Laudner. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we will see you next week.